Hi, welcome to the Ending Your Binge Eating Podcast. This is Rashonda Yates. I recovered from binge eating, lost 50 pounds and kept it off for over two years. And I'm now sharing my stories to help you end your binge eating once and for all. Today, we are wrapping up my series on my recovery journey. And I'm going to talk about the last two stages that led me to recovery. So let's dive in. This episode is brought to you by my three-part series, How to Stop a Binge Before It Starts. It's a three-part mini training that helps you to get through cravings without giving in. They're delivered in bite-sized emails, less than 10 minutes, and come straight to your inbox. And you can get all of that for free at sinfox.com slash Rashonda Yates. So in my last episode, I talked about how I developed awareness, which was the first stage of my recovery journey. And I did this using, um, well, I had given up dieting and I used mindfulness practice. And I began to understand a lot of what I did was driven by things like the food industry, food engineering, marketing, habits. Um, So I understood many of the environmental triggers that underpinned my behavior around food. And the next stage, stage two, I really understood more of my internal triggers. So this is stage two. As my binges became fewer and further between, when they did happen, they stood out more in terms of what triggered them. So I started to recognize that sometimes I binged not because I was super hungry and had a taste for something in particular, as I once thought, but that I was feeling certain uncomfortable emotions, such as fear, depression, anxiety, or even simple boredom that would cause me to seek food for comfort. And the reason why I started to be able to recognize this was because I had started developing curiosity. Curiosity is one of the main tenets of mindfulness. So I naturally started developing this curiosity rather than beating myself up. So that is a takeaway for you, is that if you have a binge, and you beat yourself up, then you are literally wasting an opportunity to actually learn from it. So when you start being able to learn from your binges, that is when your power starts to come in. So this was a huge aha moment for me. Because until then, I had really only been looking at why I binge through a lens of I binge because food tastes too good. And I started to realize that while sometimes the food actually was tasty, and certainly the foods are engineered to make us crave them, I made use of the fact of that fact to help me feel comfortable and feel better during times that I felt bad. Does that make sense? So Yes, the foods might have tasted great, but I was using that for comfort. So this came about in several ways. Um, One, as I mentioned, was Judson Brewer's work and using mindfulness tools helped me bring awareness to, um, to me in a really natural and gentle way. I talked about realizing this on the Foodist podcast with Daria Rose and the reception that I received on that podcast led me to realize how important it was for me to start sharing what I learned with others. I also started to do some work around body image, incorporating tools like critical awareness, which I learned from researcher Brene Brown to support me as I continued to hold myself accountable for the standard to not diet. Um, 
I wasn't perfect with this, but critical awareness really helped. And if you don't know what that is, it's basically understanding how marketing plays a role in our self-image. So for example, um, there's this show that I used to love to watch and it was a guilty pleasure, you know, but it was these four teenage girls and they always looked flawless on screen. You know, they always were perfectly dressed in in designer fashion and their hair was always perfectly done and just completely gorgeous and full. And, you know, I never realized that I was actually comparing myself to those girls until one day a commercial, an ad came on to sell some shampoo. And I was like, oh my God, I... I am purposefully being manipulated to feel like I'm not as pretty as these women so that they can sell some shampoo on the ads. And that's what critical awareness is. It's recognizing like what's the message and who benefits from me feeling not good enough. (laughs) And you might think, oh, no, you're reading too much into that. But actually, it's really the way that it works. That's how marketing works. So, but once you know that, then it doesn't have power over you. So this is something that I started practicing on a daily basis and it really, really helped. Other things I started to do was to follow people like on Instagram, for example, who had body um, types that were similar to mine, especially when I was like following fitness, um, fitness, accounts. I couldn't think of the word for a second. Um, I tried to follow fitness accounts where the people weren't only showing always like the perfect image of themselves. So yes, I did have certain goals and no, I was not going to follow somebody who wasn't um, aligned with my goals and with my values for what I wanted my health to be. But at the same time, I definitely sought out people who showed that yes, I do you know, I might be fit, but yes, I still have cellulite, you know, and I don't always have like the perfect lighting on me and people who don't edit their photos ad nauseum and stuff like that. So I dec- I definitely recommend doing that yourself. So that pretty much wraps up stage two, which was all about inner work. It was really about learning to do more of that inner work. Now I want to fast forward about two years where I came to a point in my life where I was feeling stuck and restless. Um, so I had decided to stop teaching by this point, realizing that working in a school environment was just not for me and was pursuing, um, one day being a full-time coach. And in the meantime, I was doing other work such as like washing windows with my husband or working as a barista in a coffee shop. And without really recognizing it at the time, I'd hit a wall in my recovery where I wasn't being, I wasn't binging on a regular basis anymore. It only happened occasionally. And I was feeling a sense of having much more control around food and experiences as a good amount of weight loss and a good amount of weight loss. But I wasn't growing. And the control that I had, I would later come to find out, was partly the other side of binge eating, um, which is restriction. So I had a little bit of like white knuckling going on. And also I wasn't growing. Um, So 
Feeling restless and stuck was enough to get me to start looking for ways to get myself into gear, especially when it came to my dreams of becoming a full-time coach and just other uh, life goals that I had. So I ended up going to a trauma hacking workshop, believe it or not. Um, And this workshop ended up being a complete game changer for me. It opened my eyes to the fact that I had a lot of underlying um, resentments that I really was not living my life in integrity with myself or others. And, you know, I ended up kind of imploding and finding myself in the throes of a mental battle with my binge eating again. And that's when I knew something needed to change. So this takes me into step three, I mean, stage three, which was taking 100% responsibility for my binge eating. And I ended up in a 12-step program, which I've spoken about before. And this was absolutely the last place I ever thought I would find myself but it ended up giving me some very important missing pieces of the puzzle about my binge eating. Um, I learned that I was in the habit of using binge eating, using um, emotional eating, using food for comfort to feel better and avoid dealing with the circumstances of my life. For example, I had a lot of resentments toward people in my life who I felt had done something harmful to me, yet I had never addressed it with them, such as my dad. And I talked about that a little in the first um, part of the series. And I also had a lot of residual shame left over from things I had done in my past, like stealing food from friends. So the process of going through a 12-step program ended up getting me to take responsibility for what I could control and admit my flaws, something I had never really done before, not freely, um, out of a fear of being rejected. And it helped to heal a lot of shame because part of the 12-step program is having a mentor. And the mentor was there and heard my entire story, warts and all, without judgment. Um, And then I was able to learn what it looked like to actively take responsibility for what I could control and let go of what I couldn't control. And this ended up, again, being a game changer because what I learned there didn't just affect the way I ate, it affected the way I showed up in every aspect of my life, which was really the entire problem to begin with, was that I had no tools for how to live life in a way that was that felt right for me, that re- felt right for my values, where I could take care of myself, where I could love myself and others openly and unabashedly. So by going through this program, I ended up finding myself easily able to move forward on goals and being able to solve a lot of problems I was having in my life, like relationships and my finances. I started to see myself as someone who was capable and worthy. I started to see progress on goals I had for years with no results. (laughs) I saw miracle after miracle when it came to how I felt around food, which was really like, even though it was a thing that obsessed my mind for so long, it was really, I had stopped thinking about it. 
But I'll tell you some of the things that happened. (laughs) I found myself turning down foods that I used to binge on, not because I thought I was supposed to, but because I truly didn't want to. And by this time, I was feeling a sense of awe and wonder because I never thought that life would be this way. Um, I remember, you know, taking a few bites of a donut and pushing it away unconsciously without even thinking about it and then realizing like, and thinking, who are you? Like, you know, how did this even happen? It felt like a miracle going into Target where I used to go there primarily to get foods to binge on. And I would come up with some excuse, the reason I need to go to Target, but really while I was going there was to get foods to binge on. And I remember going to Target, going in for some, maybe an office supply item or something and leaving and getting halfway home and then realizing I hadn't even noticed the food in there, which, you know, if you struggle the way that I struggled, you know how huge that is because most of what um, I went through was in my head. Most of it was the mental struggle and how draining that was trying to always like, you know, rein in my thinking about it. Um, so these were all really huge things that happened and they felt like miracles to me. Everything from the fact that I didn't constantly think about food. Um, I could easily stop when I was full. I found myself turning down foods, um, easily. So that was the, the third stage, which was taking responsibility. And now I am in the fourth stage currently. And I've been in this fourth stage for a while. And in the fourth stage, it's really about just changing my entire identity. And, you know, for years now, I I have seen myself as just a person who doesn't want to binge, you know. And these days, I just have a very relaxed relationship around food where, you know, I just kind of eat what I eat, you know, I'm better about things that align with my values at sometimes than others. For example, sometimes I don't get as much vegetables as I want to have on a daily basis. And sometimes I eat um I eat out a little bit more during the week than I intend to. Um and sometimes I eat a little bit more at one meal than I intend to. But these are all things that are completely normal for literally everyone, um every human being. I now understand that the important thing is that I'm always growing and improving and building toward the habits that will support me for the long term in my life. And that is all any of us needs to do. And I have been learning even more about how that identity got formed um, and also learning about brain science, much more about brain science in neurology, I'm sorry, neuroscience, and knowing why our brains develop these habits, how they form, more about how to work with the brain in order to um, undo all of these old identities and old stories. And you know, I feel that I will continue to learn more and more and more 
over the course of my life. And that's my plan is to never stop learning and growing in the, um, you know, about um, learning about myself, learning about my brain, learning about how I tick and being able to share that with other people is something that just makes it even more um, fulfilling. And I just want to thank you again for listening, for allowing me to share my journey, share my story with you. It means the world to me to to bring this to you. It gives me such purpose um, to be able to help others. And I'm just very grateful for everyone who listens. Um, we recently surpassed um, 3,500 downloads, I believe, um, which just blows my mind because I remember when I first started this podcast, um, I think maybe three months ago, I had a goal of getting a hundred downloads <laughs> and, and I, you know, it just, it really blows my mind how, how much things have grown already. So thanks again for listening. Um, Go ahead and subscribe if you haven't subscribed and share it with anyone who you think it might help. And if you haven't yet grabbed your free videos, what are you doing? Go ahead and grab them now at sinfox.com slash Rashonda Yates, where I coach you through cravings um, using mindfulness practices. So um, again, that's sinfox.com slash Rashonda Yates. And I will catch you next time on the Ending Your Binge Eating Podcast. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you have gained any value from this episode or from the podcast in general, then I would really appreciate it if you would leave a review on iTunes. It is such a big help. It helps me to reach more people. And if you did gain any insights, I would love to hear your takeaways and how you're implementing these tools over on Instagram, you can follow me at Rashonda Yates and send me a DM and let me know what you are using, what you're taking away from the episode, what your ahas are, things that you're seeing differently. I love having conversations with you over there. And until next time, I'll catch you on an episode on, an, on another episode. Bye.